personalized in-game soundtracks to different versions of your favorite artists. AI music is here to stay, and it's here to change the game. Today, we're going to dive into the world of AI music. We have a special guest on today who knows a little bit about it himself. So let's just get started. Welcome to the Metaverse Podcast. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Metaverse Podcast. My name is Atlas Theory. Joined with my co-host. <laughs> There's two of you. It's very confusing. No, uh, archetypes here today. <laughs> Round of applause. <laughs> How you doing, man? I'm great. Great, man. Um, well, we have a guest. This we is uh, our second, I believe. We had Shadix first, and now we have the wonderful Chowder. Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> that was a perfect opportunity to go like we had Chad X first and now we have just Chowder. <laughs> just Chowder. Just Chowder. <laughs> we should uh we should give you a proper intro. So uh Chowder is a good friend of ours and uh someone we work very closely with uh on the back end with the uh the projects that we cannot yet discuss <laughs> um, but he's a very integral part of our three-man team at the moment and uh you're somewhat of a music creator i dabble so you dabble well uh you definitely have a passion for it i'm i'm assuming so um we'd love to hear uh what it is you do and how you got into uh dabbling with with the music side of things sure man um dabbling is probably the most generous way I can put it. I don't think of myself as a music writer. I'm more of a music uh, puzzle solver, which it from a very technical standpoint and purely by ear. I've never had a music lesson, so I just fire up a program and <laughs> figure out how the program works, and then I start adding sounds. And we've heard some of your sounds before, right? Uh, you've been uh, in the Star Atlas community and posting beautiful soundscapes <laughs> of your creations. Uh, why don't you tell us more about that? Yeah, that was, I haven't done a little bit in a while. I've been rather busy secret squirrel working. So, but I did dabble, and that's where we first, I first connected with a couple of you guys. I mm. uh, spent some, some time crafting a few Star Atlas-inspired soundscapes a few tracks which i've put on a youtube channel shameless plug at just chowder on twitter get to my link that way yeah nice but yeah it's um it's fun i it, i've done a little bit of that on some other channels i've not uh, pursued it heavily in terms of trying to market myself or do it on a regular basis but i've always loved it grew up listening to soundtracks game tracks sure way to get me into whatever activity it was if you had a good soundtrack to go with it, like a movie, podcast, dramatic podcast, uh, or game, I, if you had a good soundtrack, I was hooked. That's how I first uh, heard about you, hearing those soundscapes. And I know Atlas Theory has heard some of those as well, and you're probably too modest to talk about it. So I want to get Aaron's reaction. Oh, I can't tell you like the first thing I did because 
it's not known to the wider Star Atlas community. <laughs> but after we became friends, let's just say, <laughs> we did some work together with uh, kind of with the concept of Amarna, which was a guild, is a guild. And then Chana went into this really incredible series about creating sounds for Star Atlas, going off the question, what does Star Atlas sound like? Was that the series name? Am I correct with that, Chada? Or yeah, yeah, it, exactly. The question of I wonder what it would sound like if you could have or imagine the sounds of Star Atlas hmm. from the community specifically. So yeah, I tried to I tried to write those those pieces and share some of the source files in there. I think one or two people have interacted or downloaded some of the files. Nice. The idea is that anyone can jump in there, and there's no copyright that I'm claiming with any of those tracks like if yeah. you want to reimagine them you can have the raw files and go for it beautiful beautiful now and one thing i thought was really cool and then i want to talk about a little bit today is i believe you used to call yourself more of a like music programmer you would not use the word like musician and then today it's now puzzler or you know <laughs> fitting the puzzles together which is funny because you've gone from like really a musician to a producer to a puzzler and i've gone from a content creator to a composer <laughs> no <laughs> we're like all redefining it we're all redefining our like names and what these words mean in the metaverse and i love it ai is like changing the game so let's kind of dive into ai music uh where'd you get started with ai music you dropped me a really cool video. It was a couple of it was a couple of months ago, and it was a TED talk. I've got it up in the background here, so but I'm still going to mangle the guy's name, Pierre Baru, or Baru. It sounds French, or at least looks it anyway. And he introduced this software that they had built called Ava. I'm hmm. sure some of you guys watching have played with Ava, but it's what it can achieve especially when it was released a couple of couple of years ago. It's not even didn't come out with this whole wave of enthusiasm around AI. It's been there for a while and it's really incredible. Some of the sounds you can get from scratch, especially in the orchestral space, I'm really yeah. impressed with what it's able to spit out on, on a classical style. It's got the capability to do your classic synths, synth bass, synth wave, full pop style as well. It doesn't have lyrics. But that was the first AI music generator that I mucked around with. The interface a little clunky and slow, but super impressive under the hood. We're going to put the link to that talk in the description because that's just an important talk just for the next few years to play out with AI and stuff we're seeing right now with AI music is just insane. Archetype, have you played around with, uh, with any of this new age of music? Uh, I tried going for like some of the real basic ones and I got some pretty good results. And I think that's a good start. Like anyone who wants to jump in, there's some free sites that you can get into and just play around with it and, and see what works. But I'd say once you've gotten past that initial fun stage of seeing how things work, I would say you're probably going to step it up to something like Ava. Is that... Would you say, Chowder, would, is that something that you would start with there or is that something you'd step up to if you're a beginner? 
would you start with Ava or do you feel like that's probably the next step going from say uh, what you see like with AI art generation, it's on the phone, people are playing around with, and then you might step up say mid journey and then the next level might be like stable diffusion. Do you see a trans transition there with AI um, composability with different apps? I think you hit it on the head there. Good way of putting it. Ava is really easy for someone who has mucked around in digital audio workstations before. So okay. someone who's mucked around with music, doors, a little frustrating. I mentioned before, because it's a little bit slow and clunky with all the programming and server-basedness of the interface. But if, you want, if you've never mucked around with music and you just want to type some text and get something to spit out, that's not Ava. There's no text input problem. You have to actually craft it through an interface. And while it's relatively uh, click, 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 it's still not type generate, which there are those AI platforms that you can do right now on your phone, et cetera. And they spit out, again, really damn good results. Some yeah. of them, I really want to know how they work underneath because it's, it's incredible. Like it spits it out really fast and it sounds really good. I'm just like, hmm, what's going on here? There's some, there's some magic happening. Yeah. Well, I want to get into like some of the easier ones because I think for the listeners, uh, they're going to want to know like, how is this going to change their day-to-day and you know, on social media platforms, being able to create easily on the go. But just for now, when we're talking about Ava, uh, what's advantages for you? Like, I, I know that you can download the tracks, but then you can also filter out the different musical parts within that track. Can you tell us more about that? Mm. So again, with, uh, with Ava, while being a little bit clunky, it does allow you to download what in, in musical terms are called stems, which is a little track that'll be dedicated to one instrument or at least a group of instruments that are very similar. So that when you download, instead of it just being one file, you have one file for the bass, one file for the vocals, one file for the drums. And what that allows you to do is when you take that and download that and you then want to do more edits, perhaps you want to add in more sounds, you want to change some, put some effects on top of it and really make it your own, you can. Hmm. That's cool. But yeah. With some of these other ones, they just offer some of them do offer that. Some of them you just get that one track and it's your classic MP3. It's is what it is. If you'd plan to do no further edits with it, then it's absolutely fine. And how much do you feel that you're getting in and changing after the fact, like in post production, so to speak? A lot. A lot. <laughs> so does it provide more of like a framework or an idea for you to then build on top of? Yeah. Yeah. It it has a few areas where you're just like, oh, if only you could do this, or if you could adjust that, or if you could change out. Sometimes you want to change out some of the instrument sounds, which mm-hmm. is probably I'd say unique to Ava at this point compared to something like Soundful or we were just talking about Beatbox or some of those more simple ones, and we can talk about them in a bit more detail if you'd like. But the, the interface in Ava, while it also lets you download, like I mentioned, those stems files, you can get a version of those files which are called MIDI. And if anyone's familiar with what MIDI does, it's not even a sound file. You can't play it back through your audio application or on your phone. 
you import that into your audio workstation or you can muck around with it in Ava. They even have a little editing, what I'd call audio workstation inside the interface as well, if you want. And you can drag inside that MIDI file individual notes and Ooh. change what actual note was struck and what instrument is playing that note. Hmm. That's so pretty the, powerful. So the level of customization, if you had a whole guitar line, that sounds really cool, but you're like, hmm, I wonder what this sounds like in trumpet. Yeah. Okay. That's pretty cool. How much time do you think that this saves you? Like if you were to create something traditionally with stuff that you've done before in the past, and then you compare that to, you know, using a program like Ava. Ava, it, it definitely is a time saver. It's, what do I reckon? I wouldn't say I'm the fastest music puzzler, <laughs> but with Ava, I probably save yeah, a good six hours from idea generation to execution. So that's probably where its big power is. You get that idea generation. You get often some of the bass sounds laid out. You get a really nice drum beat. You get a really nice uh, guitar line, etc. And you don't bother editing that. But then you add in a completely new line that's original for yourself. Mm. Um, and it's taken out both the idea to begin with, process, and and then it also like lays the foundation for your track and the vibe. Yeah, nice. I love that it's in layers. Like if there was that ability in AI art generation where it generates the images, but then it puts it into layers, there's so much that I know I could do with it. So it must be exciting to see that breakdown and be able to get in and muck around and tweak it. Yeah, I think, I think that, is, that is the next, gener uh, next step for some of these more basic sound applications when you are just writing the text prompts and it spits it out. I feel like it would be nice if they were able to split that out. And I reckon some of them do have the ability with stems. I don't know if they have the ability with MIDI files yet. I haven't seen them, but I could be wrong. It's changing so fast. I have no experience with some of these simpler ones. I've only used Ava. Maybe we can include some down in the show notes. Do you have like any shout outs of a few of the names? I have played around with Soundful. So it's uh, soundful.com. And that one was a lot faster, uh, a lot smoother, the interface. And it generated really nice synthwave EDM tracks at the click of a couple of buttons. Nice. If that's your jam, that's where you want to be heading. <laughs> I couldn't figure out the the get to get the same flexibility with the edit uh, at the time, and I played around with it probably around in detail three three weeks ago. But it was a lot of fun, just like when you first jump into uh, one of those AI video image apps and you just typed it out, and it was like that level of effort of low entry, and you're just like, okay, okay, <laughs> <laughs> nice. Did you have anything archetype you wanted to add? No, no, I'm good. I'm no, okay. Keen to uh, explore the theory crafting of where this could head. Cool, cool. So we have some tools now that our listeners can use, but let's jump into like some of the things we're seeing in AI music. I, I really wanted to bring up AI Drake because uh, <laughs> he <laughs> is blowing up and I just like sitting and watching even like reactions to the AI Drake and I think one of my favorite comments is like I think AI Drake's my uh my favorite rapper now. <laughs> like <laughs> he's like he's just doing such a good job. I mean 
YouTube thinks that I'm obsessed with it because now it always sticks it at the top of my like suggestions. <laughs> it's probably right. <laughs> <laughs> but like, um, so we we've seen the rise of AI Drake and Drake really trying to come down on it, calling it you know fraud. However, on the opposite side, we've seen artists like Grimes who are opening up a platform for us to be able to use her voice to create songs with a royalty split. It's kind of cool to see these two sides playing out uh, against each other, but I wanted to get your thoughts on on all of this and where you could see it going from here. Ooh, that's a really good one. I hadn't heard that about Grimes. That's really cool. Uh, no, I, I had some pretty interesting thoughts about this one. I called them interesting. They're all my thoughts, so of course I'm going to think that. <laughs> With a lot of these art industries, specialties, and I'll just focus in on music, with these new tool, tools coming online, I think we're going to see a lot of C-tier, B-tier, and maybe even a few A-tier artists become obsolete. <laughs> Not in terms of what they're doing doesn't matter, but people aren't going to be paying or listening to their tracks anywhere near as much. And I'm talking one to five years. That's that's my theory craft timeline. Mm, that's interesting. And that a lot of that is going to be stemming from the fact that you are going to be able to have these AI Drake people, but they're not just going to be Drake. They're going to be you and me, random people making their own cool sounds. And you might have a couple of tracks. You'll have a lot more one-hit wonders. But in terms of artists that make a living, unless there's a new revenue model, which I really like that idea from Grimes, people are going to start to be drop off and it's going to be more people who are doing perhaps like what you're saying with what she's proposing to collaborate or provide the opportunity for people to use some of these new tools with them and become a part of the provider of the the shovels so to speak instead of the one digging for gold in the music space provider of these tools or in people associated with these communities they're going to that's where the industry is going to shift a lot of people who you know were making a modest living by making okay music but they didn't have a big brand or wasn't the best of the best, like the artisans in their craft. And I, I, I believe there will be a space for those people who are right at the top. But with this barrier for creation getting so low, people are just going to make it themselves. They're not going to need mm. that middle fill of all of that extra content. Mm. That's, that's my theory craft. And I think it's really going to shake, well, it's going to shake up a lot of industries, music in particular, because that's, that's my dabble. dabble I, side. It's, it's about time, I think, with the music industry. I think everyone's sort of waiting for it. It's kind of one of the last genres to sort of get digitized and then come into this Web3 web world. And we still haven't seen a, a great <clears throat> representation of, of Web3 music artists. And I think it's, it's really because they're, they're trying to figure out a different way of, of doing things with royalties and actually getting the artist paid. They're probably in one of the <laughs> most price gouged industries as far as what the artist actually receives at the end of it there's so many middlemen with recording recording artists not really getting paid you know it's the manager it's the recording title it's the tours and everything that they do that actually makes money not so much their creation of music there's so many people in there getting a piece of the pie and that's what's exciting is not just the AI creation, but the platforms, like you mentioned, that allow the artist to just have direct, direct funding from their, from their fans. 
Yeah, I'm I'm really excited about that. I think that like there's just so much potential coming into like this next age. I do think that there should be some distinction, whether if it's like Drake and all published music using AI, it's Drake AI or some kind of AI tag on it. I think that could be beneficial. But yeah, I think it's just a, a great time. I agree with Chowda that like some of these artists are going to start diminishing in some ways, but then some also get to live forever. For instance, Juice World, you know, one of the greats died so early, but he himself created so much content. They still have like albums worth. And the cool thing about that is we don't know where that ends. So they could technically bring in AI. Mm. So Juice never dies almost, yeah. you know, from uh, from that kind of perspective. So there's there's some cool stuff to think about. Yeah. I almost want to poke at that just a little bit more. I did mention that you're going to have these people in these C, B, or in maybe low A tiers becoming a little bit obsolete. But there's also that opportunity, that excitement to to jump on onto this new way of doing stuff. The obsolete comes only if you keep doing the same thing. There's so many cool tools that we just briefly talked about too. Just two. Google is working on their own audio stuff, which is insanely cool. None of it's public, but you can go and test it. And that's insane. I forget the exact reference. I'll have to find it and share it with you guys a bit later. But if I can kind of draw parallels to what happened with the video rental industry, mm-hmm. that was really the first time I noticed something like that, that I was... You know, part of my daily life growing up, go to the, you want to watch a video or a movie, you go to the video store, you hire a, D, a DVD or a VCR back in, back in the really old days. And <laughs> yep. you take it for a week or you can get the really long two weeks hire, you pay a bit more and then, then you take it back. And then you've got all these streaming platforms and the writing was on the wall that this is the natural evolution of where the industry is going. It's a no brainer. It's if you think about it from the perspective of you're taking a step back. Any industry, and the music is no exception, will always head in maybe a winding path towards its ideal state. Mm. And it's so much more ideal to be able to hit a button on your computer and stream whatever soundtrack you want than rather to have to go to the music store down the road. You have to get in, you have to pay the money, you have to then get back in your car. Sounds exhausting, especially today's, in today's day and age where everything's a click away. You can't just be in denial and sit there and say, no, this is what I'm going to do. And people will just, ha- will just like it. There will always be these people that will. Mm. What can I say? I think there's still that nostalgia of, well, for our generation anyway, of going to a store and buying a physical item. I remember like fond memories of getting a, an album and going back home, listening to it and pulling out that little booklet and, and reading through the, the pages and I'm wondering, you know, with vinyl still being popular, whether there'll be some print-on-demand vinyl records, people can still put out and publish their music, even if it's AI-created, into some of these physical items as well. Like even that side of things is getting a less of a barrier where if people still wanted to have, a, you know, a vinyl record created for them and posted out to some of their fans, and uh, that could be something like a higher-tier support for someone who wants to support like an artist and you know startup or or something like an nft that gives away like a certain amount of these limited edition printed copies there's so many different ways that artists can create a fan base create loyalty and distribute their content both physical and digital i think that's the exciting thing as well 
Your story, Chowda, brought me back to the release of the iPod with iTunes because I'll need a fact check, but I think it was Fleetwood Mac or U2. But Apple was approaching so many artists and none of them wanted to join streaming because of sales. But I, I think it's U2. But yeah, correct me if I'm wrong. They said yes, like right away. They knew it was the future. They jumped on. They made so much money by being the first onto. I think it was preloaded onto the first iPod. And I think that that's this moment here for real artists opening up for AI creations to be made from their voice. That's cool. I like that little footnote. That's good. (laughs) (laughs) I see it with, um, yeah, I see it with art as well. Like the AI art generation, there was either the camp that you're against it or you're for it. And I had a choice to make with that as well, because, uh, you know, I could have felt threatened and, you know, not wanted this, but in the end there was no fighting it. So it's either embrace or die. And I found like embracing it didn't necessarily replace the art side of things that I do. It just changed it in a different way. And although I'm creating stuff that's different to what I um, was traditionally doing, I'm having fun exploring like a new way of doing it. And I think that for a lot of music creators, if they were to embrace it, I think that that could enhance the way that they work, not necessarily replace it, but definitely um, speed up the process and be able to create more. So I think it's beneficial for everybody, really. And yeah, it's just the way it's moving. Like there's, there's no stopping this. It's lowering the barrier for creating. And I think that's a good thing. You could make the argument, and people have, that there is too much music in the world right now. And I don't agree, but you may, if you know, even if you make that argument, the fact that people can now create, even if you say that that's loosely not related, you could have made that argument with me and my puzzling music. I don't sit there with the guitar writing, etc. But the fact that people can get in and there's this connection, they're part of that process, however small it is, that's huge. That really is huge. It really does feel really good, us as people, to be able to create and to give people loosely the ability to do that in the music space i think it's a really good i have a question a little bit of a theory craft for both of you now i think that to you what you just said opening up where more people can create is such a beautiful thing we're entering an age where that's going to be available to everybody however do you think gatekeepers will come back because Mm -hmm. if you think about it the gatekeepers in the past have always been the record labels but what if they're now going to be the artists because as we know artists have always cycled from height into you know not as popular but now what if i as a rapper will always have to compete with drake or will you know as a girl singer will always have to compete with ai taylor swift what if that creates what do you think about that concept? Because it's just something that popped in. I want to get some thoughts. Ooh, competition. I instantly think that it's not... I think it'll be fun. It really depends on the artist coming into it. Yeah. What is? What are you trying to do? Are you trying to sound the same or be better, etc.? I think a lot of... This is a question a lot of music artists will come up against even even if they're using, not using AI tools. So I think it's a great one to explore for people entering the space for the first time to create. 
you have your own little flavor, even if it's, if you just put a little, even if it's slightly different and if people compare you to another artist, that can be both flattering, but like you said, also like, oh my gosh, I want to be myself or like, how can I ever be better than that person? As soon as your brain goes in that direction, you're already fighting a losing battle. <laughs> True. So, so I, I, I like it. I like the thought exercise. I really do. I think the my short answer and maybe a little bit of a bummer answer is, well, what are you trying to achieve? What's your perspective? I think it might exclude some communities that like, I'm not interested in your music because it sounds too much like Taylor Swift and I want to go that way. But other people will follow you and not have a problem with it because they like you. It's your community. And listen to you long enough, they will prefer you over Taylor Swift. No comparison in the skill. It's a preference. I agree. I think people like to be early on an artist. And how many times have you heard someone say, well, I was listening to them before they were famous, you know, small bands that play at pubs and clubs, like they have this loyalty, this fan base that no matter what, they're going to attract that same group of people. Uh, and they just love being early on an artist. I think that that has uh, its place as well. Those are great answers. Can we throw it back at you? Yeah. You oh, just thought not. of the question. What do you think? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, I wouldn't have thought of what you guys said right away. So, yeah, I guess my mind kind of went to more of a competitor's mindset, kind of like, you know, young basketball players watching Michael Jordan and then wanting to be at that level and some, you know, sur surpassing him. I have to be careful. But then, yeah, you have that argument, you know, who is better? You, you're competing in a different age. AI kind of makes that question go away because we're all yeah. competing in the same age. So that's going to be fun, too. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good comparison. Like the athletes back in the day didn't have all the sports performance and the new tech, you know, uniforms and uh, ways to enhance speed and time and things in that nature yeah it is hard to compare the two definitely you're going to have greater audiences you're going to have mass distribution so some of those statistics where you talk about like album sales well how do you compare that when someone was selling albums through like a printed uh, vinyl record compared to someone who can globally distribute and they have things like twitter and instagram facebook all those uh, marketing tools that can get out to the masses it's a different different ball game really so what uh i want i want to pose this question what does ai music generation mean for the everyday person because i think that that's something that i'd like to look at how does it impact everybody's day-to-day -day life if they're not a music creator themselves i feel that some of this tech will still appeal to the everyday consumer and make them feel that they're creating music or maybe it creates music for them. I'd like to explore this. I know uh, you're nodding your head there, Theory. Um, so you've obviously thought about this. Maybe we could get your thoughts. Sure. I think that if we so choose, we're going to have what many film lovers desire, which is a soundtrack to our life <laughs> that literally yes. reads our emotion and yes. possibly what we're going through at that time based on text messages or you know other factors yeah i think that's going to be a very real possibility <laughs> like when you hit 
the genre on Spotify, it doesn't come up with artists who have composed in that. It just starts making music for you in that genre. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah I mean, you... Could you imagine just like someone breaks up with you and you're just standing there and your phone starts to like play the violin sound <laughs> <laughs> as your ex is now walking down the street and it begins to rain. <laughs> I was thinking Sorry. more along the lines of the AI trying to cheer you up. Like... Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's like, oh, we're in a comedy now, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Archive, I think I inter interrupted you a minute earlier. What, what, what were you going to say? Well, to your point about like having an, we've talked about it, AI companion, knowing things about you, like a secure... Yeah you know, AI companion that, like you said, can read text messages or even like a Hey Siri, Hey Google type thing where it's listening to me now, <laughs> um, where it can, you know, listen into your day-to-day -day conversations and base music around, yeah, like you said, your, your mood or things you've experienced. Maybe it could cheer you up with a, a fun rap or something about your day. That would be pretty cool. <laughs> That would be awesome. There's there's a meta point coming in here where there was a podcast I listened to. I'm, I'm not going to be able to mention the guy's name. I should have looked it up. But he is heavily involved in computers and the founding of computers and the transistor. And he made this prediction was about half a year ago. He said, in the next year, two years, everyone's best friend will be an AI. Yeah. Or at least most people. So I agree. You could Mix be like, suggest me some music, like find me something new or I'm feeling sad, play something good for me. Pretty exciting. What do you think um, in regards to being able to tailor something to a movie or a video game? I like this. It's going to the ideal state in my head to bring back to a comment that I mentioned earlier about how I believe industries work. If you think about the ideal state of the movie industry in terms of its sound, its music, I'm thinking personalized to the person's taste and timely to the situation. In a movie, it's a lot more scripted. But, mm. we, but you guys, that might be an interesting topic. What about unscripted movies where you interact with? I know Netflix played with that idea, Bandersnatch. I'm not sure if you guys saw that one. That was an interesting one where the user got to interact and influence the movie. With games, it's really obvious in the sense that the player drives the experience. They go to different spots. And the way that they do that in the game industry right now is you have a music artist writing a whole bunch of different tracks, soundscapes that execute when you are doing a particular task mm. or a particular enemy comes in or you enter a space and the music changes. Yeah. Instead of music artists writing tracks. What you're going to have is game developers building AIs that then map these regions in. This is a sad region. This is the happy region. This is a tense region. And if it can, ideally, this would that'll be the first step. And the next step will be to take user preference input hmm. and put that in, let's say, this person you know, likes synthwave. So it'll take those feelings, but instead of it being classic and orchestral, it inserts synthwave tracks in those feelings. Yeah, that's cool. 
So less about the music track creation and more about inserting the AI and feeding it the right information for the different zones in the game, and it takes it away. Yeah, that's cool. I remember a game, uh, Just Cause, and you would have normal kind of music, and then as soon as someone spots you and they start shooting at you, the music would change to this dramatic, like cinematic action movie, and it was so uh subconscious like you you didn't notice it at first because you were just so into the game like it would just amplify your senses and you'd just be into it and looking back like that was one of the coolest experiences because it just all of a sudden heightened your uh, adrenaline it got you pumped it got you in the mood to you know just fight fight the bad guys basically yeah to have that with AI could just bring it to a whole another intensity level and and customized. That's really cool. I like this personalized nature of AI music. I think that's a key point too. Customization is super cool. Personalized where people don't even have to customize it, where you're just you maybe check check your preferences or it checks it for you. That's powerful. It's like if you think about it, in film there are both villain and hero themes but they also take those themes and have them as undertones to like a lot of the other songs within um, that film and taking that but we're saying customization um, and applying it to both the player but maybe the main villains within like a video game are going to be like kind of crazy too like hearing for instance Darth Vader's death March while you're like deep in a cave and you're low on resources and you're like not right now <laughs> but building off this as well i think i really like this stuff but i also think that ai music is necessary for a metaverse because mm. as you travel out in the metaverse we're going to have these ai systems building out like new planets or you know new areas and each of those has to have music so kind of to, you know, Chato's point, those will probably be assigned not only a type of planet, but yeah, music that would fit that. So yeah, that's cool to think about too, just like the ever expanding, yeah, metaverse. For sure. I mean, if you, in the natural progression, we saw some really cool visual stuff coming out of Unreal Engine recently, which I'm, you guys, I'll leave for you guys to touch on in a, another episode. But essentially, we're looking at procedural generation at really high detail for physical assets. And then we're going, it makes sense that to pair that with procedural generation or AI-assisted sound assets. Mm. So, you know, else it'll be a very, very, Italy. you know, when you step, what's a good example? Uh, when you step into a, for me, it's a sound studio. They have all these sound dampening pads on the wall. And you really mm. feel like you've walked into thick air. That mm. sense of absolute silence, no echo. That's that's what those worlds would be without it. And it's cool, but it's also very unnatural. Mm. You yeah. need the sound. Yeah, agreed. And being able to blend those sounds as well. You're not just playing one track and it ends and then it goes into another track. You could have this seamless sort of transition, like a DJ mixing between two songs. You could have that as well through the AI generation. Mm. I'm really looking forward to someone who takes all these different elements and not just the AI music uh, generation, but also the AI influencer, 
we just got done uh, with an episode on AI influencers. For the average person to just put all these tools together and just go, you know what, I'm going to rival Drake. I'm going to rival Taylor Swift, some of these bigger names and come out with, maybe they're not, you know, the best looking person. Maybe they don't have the confidence to get up on stage, but they could create just the average person, create something beautiful, put it out to the world and for that to just take flight and they could be really successful just in the comfort of their own home. Never have to go on tour, never have to do anything other than just sit and create and enjoy what they do. Go, you beautiful AI music puzzlers. <laughs> go the puzzlers. I love it. <laughs> well, guys, let us know if you are playing around with AI music or if you'd like to jump in. Again, those links are in the show notes. Chata, we have to have you on for another one. This is too much fun, like theory crafting and fun. bouncing ideas around. Uh, but our type, where can people find us? And then Chata, let them know where they can find you. So you can uh, find us at metaversepodcast.com. Uh, we're also on Twitter, Metaverse Pod, and you can get us on any of your favorite audio platforms. Let's, let's throw it over to Chowder. Where can people find you, man, if they want to hear some of your beautiful soundscape creations? And where can they get you on social media? So the easiest place to find everything of mine would be to go to Twitter. So it's at just Chowder. And from there, there's a link to my YouTube. So, and that would bounce you across to where all the tracks are. I've got same tracks are on Audius at Just Chowder and also on SoundCloud. Whatever takes your fancy, YouTube, SoundCloud, Audius, go have a listen. Well, we'll definitely have you on again. Thanks for everyone for listening. And uh, we'll see you on the next one. In the meantime, stay versed. Stay versed. Stay versed. <laughs>